welcome to the Clash Act podcast. But first, we're going to take a word from our sponsors, Morrissey Motors. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors, Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly, award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the Year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning Partner Van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Road, Kilkenny, today. And you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Clash Act podcast, where I'm joined by Carlo Hurler, Marty Mouse Cavanagh. Marty, how's things going? Ah, sure, uh, not too bad at all. Um, like obviously, carrying a bit of an injury, but um, other than that, I'm not too bad. Um, uh, just... Um, Happy to be on. Happy to be asked on. So thanks for having me on. No, it's 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 great to have you, Marty. I've been lucky enough to get to see you over the last couple of years, um, working with Casey Law on the radio. And you're a player I know. Brendan Hennessy had been waxing lyrical about you for a long time when I started doing the games. And you know, in fairness, he he he'd be he'd big you up and you didn't let him down. You you were you were a very exciting hurler to watch. And I was really disappointed. Uh, you know, it was just before the West Meat game um, where the word had came back to us that you'd done your cruciate. Uh, what exactly happened? Mm. Yeah, so a week before the first round of the Joe McDonald against Kildare, we were training in Abbottstown and we were playing a, a match and maybe 10 minutes so on the match, I um, I was running for a ball and uh, there was two lads coming out towards me and, and I, was going, I was going for the ball but another, one of the lads fell into my, my standing right leg and, and uh, my whole, my, just heard a crunch in my right knee. So obviously we, it was feared that it was the cruciate but thankfully after scans, um, it just turned out that I ruptured my MCL in my knee, my medial ligament. So that's five weeks ago now, this Sunday it happened. So um, I'm wearing knee brace now for six weeks and then I go to Santry then and I'll know more then, I suppose, how, how it's come, is it, is it improving or is it, is it mending back together? If not, then I might need to get surgery. So um, we'll, we'll find out, I suppose, in the next week or so what's, um, what's needed. And, and an injury like that, like is is there like we we hear about these things all the time? We hear about cruciates. Or, like, have you had anything like that happen to you before? No, I'm like I'm, I'm 26 now, and I'm, I'm playing I'm playing I'm playing a long time, I suppose. And like, thankfully, and I, I've been, this is probably the only injury, bad injury I've ever had. Like, I've, I've never really broke any bones. I've had a few muscles injuries, and that I could play on with, and that's what. I suppose this is the first injury physically. Like, I just can't do anything, and it's I suppose it's, it's tough because like, I never. It never happened before, but then at the same time, as I said, I'm 26 years of age, and it's the first proper injury I've probably had. So I'm lucky enough too, like considering you see other lads, you know, other lads have are getting injured the whole time. So I can't be kind of too down about it. You know, I'm positive enough. But obviously, it's, it's, it was a terrible thing to happen before the championship, and obviously I'm going to miss. Don't know what's the story with the club, but yes, and I could miss the summer of hurling, and that's hard to take. But look, you know, these things happen, I suppose. And and just just with an injury like that. You know, and I don't want to be kind of picking the scab off a wound here. Like, when it, when it happens, is it an instant thing? Like, I mean, you know, you were saying there was ten minutes to go in the game. Was it? Is it, is it an instant thing? Like a break in an ankle or something? Do you know straight away you're in big trouble here? Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, because I know straight away. Yeah, you know, you definitely, definitely know. Like, I just, I just with the way my leg was caught, and then I heard a crunch, and I just couldn't really get up for ten, fifteen minutes. You know, I was laying on the ground for twenty minutes. You know, the physio was strapped me up, and so maybe after 15 minutes, I was like, you know, the pain's kind of gone here, like, you know, you know, maybe not too bad, like, kind of putting good positive thoughts in my head that I could be alright, but then the physio was just saying, like, it's just completely ruptured, like, you just, the pain, the nerves are gone, like, so you can't feel the pain, so 
I kind of got up then, I went to walk, and I couldn't walk, like, so. But so I kind of knew, I kind of knew myself, I was just trying to, I suppose, put in my head that I, I'm not too bad here, but no, I, I, I kind of knew that it, was, it, was, it wasn't good, so. Thankfully, look, it wasn't because it was, it was fear that I was that, like, so. Suppose it was positive that came out of it. Um, with, with your age now, as you say rightly, you're 26. Is is that, you know, age is on your side a small bit in the sense that you know if you were 31 or 32, we'd be calling it a career end and injury. I'm I'm sure, the prognosis from all around you is, you know, you'll be you'll be back on the field to play. Even like your own point there a second ago that you hope to try and not miss the whole summer hurling. So, you're hoping to get back out on the field to play as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose I'm going to Santi next week, and I'll that'll tell a lot. Like you know. I might need to get surgery. Like I don't know that yet. Um, he's hoping that in the six weeks with the knee rest, that that uh, the MCL will that will after joining back together, uh, healing itself. So I'm hopeful that's the way. Uh, obviously, it's positive that that will happen. Um, and then after that, I'm not sure. Then after that, like regards rehab and stuff, it's probably a month rehab, maybe more, because obviously the, the knee is weak now, and there's a fear there now. If I don't straighten it up, that the ACL could go. Like so. I need to take all that in consideration too. Like, you know, like if the ACL goes, then next year's gone. Like, so I know I have a, I have a few things I suppose to to, to see and see how I have going. But I am, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful that I'll, I I might see some club hurling action at some stage. No. All going well, you know. The the, the 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 group goes well for us, like in in the club. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll, we'll take it by week by week, and that's all I can do. Like, yeah, no, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, Marty, and. Just, just to take away from the injury and and kind of bring you back in time a little bit, you know, I want to just start yeah. about your own your own early career in hurling and Carlo. Before I even get on to that, um, one of the first things I obviously your nickname Mouse, I I kind of laughed the first day I went because they're on about this Mouse Cavanagh. So I was expecting this little tiny corner forward, um, yeah. to be to be rambling everywhere, and I never asked because I wouldn't at the time. And we had trained in my own hurling club, Blacks and Whites, had trained in the following week. And I said, what's the bloody story in Carlo? you know? I said, this Marty Cavan, I said, is a fine strap of a man. I said, the mouse thing. And I don't know if the lads were taking the mickey out of me or what the story is, but they told me that when you were born, is this true? That You might give me that story. Something about when you were born. Yeah, so, but, but, yeah, when I, when, I say when I was only a couple of weeks old or a couple of months old, um, I was, or when I was up in, when I was up, so, Mammy said, when I was upstairs, you know, I'd be just quite like, you know, the queen's a mouse, like, you know, I'd be awake, but I wouldn't be saying anything, and that's how I was stuck, like, you know, literally, all I know is mouse, like, it's on me since, on me since a few weeks old, a few months old, like, and just, I, barely anyone calls me Martin, like, to answer you, like, it's my teacher, everyone calls me mouse, and so, yeah, so, yeah, so that's the, that's the story behind it, though. It's a mad one. I don't think it's ever going to change anyway. <laughs> no, we, we, <laughs> don't anyway. No, but this is it. Like we had a few lads in school, and they were called Tiny and stuff. But like Tiny was generally six foot six, six foot yeah. seven, and I thought, you know, this was the the idea behind it. But the lads had said to me, "No, no, he's he's had that since he was a baby. He didn't have a chance to uh, develop a nickname. He's just been most since birth." But uh, it's it's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a good fun nickname. It's, it's mad, not, yeah. you know, there could be worse. They could be calling you Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Actually, look at. I'm sure Scanley, you know, sure is what it is now, I suppose. I thought maybe I was like a holder. Do you know, my, my, my proper name might come back, but no, no chance of that. No, no, you're, you're goose now. You'll be a 75-year-old in church and a young lad will be saying, there's the mouse there now, but that's that's the way it is. Um, you know, so, but 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 starting out for yourself uh, as a young lad growing up um, in Carlow, 
you know, your all your exploits have been done on the hurling field. Um, I'm sure you would have played a bit of Gaelic football as well. It's it's a, it's a dual sport county. I'm sure you probably did kick a bit of Gaelic football as well. But can you start me back to like I, I read an article a couple of weeks ago, and it was you know this this very excited man that had seen you at under tens. I think um, I think what he said he, they were on about Tommy Boogie. I think might have been his name. Um, that he, he he ran to the sideline in, in, in a massive excitement to tell the lads that he'd seen this young lad in a white helmet and he hadn't seen a young lad hurl as well since Tommy Welsh. So they were bigging you up at 10, Marty. Yeah, sure. Look, I suppose a lot of them articles came out, I suppose, when we we got to the, when we won the Leinster final run at that time. Actually, look, obviously, <clears throat> so I wouldn't have, would have known that until the article. I'd seen the articles and obviously reading that, like, it's, it's, it's lovely, like, it's, 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 nice, it's nice to hear that stuff and, um, yeah, look, as, as as long as I remember, I, I was hurling for me, like, my uh, my uncles and all, you know, it's just in the family, like, I was all hurling mad, and, you know, I would have grown up going to all them Kilkenny matches, you know, because I suppose at that time, when I was growing up, like, Carlo Hurling, I suppose, it, w- it wasn't as big as it was now, like, you know, we weren't, I suppose, after kind of getting a bit of a name the last, maybe, six years after winning the Christian Rings, John McDonough League, and competing in Leinster Championship and that, so, when I was growing up, like, that wasn't really there, like, so, as long as I remember, that's all I wanted to do. And, you know, as soon as, long, as, soon as I was old enough and big enough to get into the senior club team or senior county team, you know, I jumped at the opportunity, like, no matter what age it was. Like, you know, I always say, you know, if you're old enough and you're good enough to play, like, I'd play, like, you know. I always say, if anyone, regardless your age, like, just go for it, you know. And you'll, you'll quickly learn and you'll quickly, you'll quickly adjust to the senior, senior standards, like. And with school for yourself, Marty, did, did you go to school in Burris or where did you go to school? I... Yeah, I went to school in Boris there, yeah. And you would have had some of the lads, I'm sure, playing club hurling in Kilkenny would have been playing school hurling with you there. Yeah, we would have had, sure. We would have gone, we would have skiok and Pawstown. So there would have been three three main main uh, uh, Kilkenny teams there that would have went to Boris as well. So, yeah, no, it was a good mixture. And you know, school hurling was brilliant. Like It was very good. And and did you find, you know, with the, with the school hurling, when you were bringing in the Kilkenny players as well, to, to join up with yourselves like Boris are very very competitive in, in the Hurling Championships they always are they're very very strong um, but for you as a player yourself training with the school and playing with the school did, was it was it a big development thing for you as well? Oh absolutely yeah definitely you know, school Hurling was brilliant like. it was very good you know, playing these teams playing Wexford Kenny teams you know, Dublin teams and obviously mixing them with Kenny Hurlers as well in Boris playing with them like. so it was brilliant like. and you know obviously went and then after school like the college as well like the college was College hurling was probably the best hurling I've ever played. Like it was, they're just, they're just, it's just something about it. I don't know. It's just, it's just the standard of hurling is savage. Like, and it's just they're great, old, they're great games to play in. Like, you know, and that would have that helped me massively going and playing. And like, like, like pressing into the whole college hurling thing. I remember when I played football myself. Um, I found, and I and I say this to people regularly. I found college football the hardest football I played. I found it harder than county, and I found it harder than club, in the sense that. You know, in Athlone where I went to college, you 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 know you had fifteen county players playing on the on, on a on a team, and you know no matter where you looked, there was nowhere to hide in that college college game. Like, do you know what I mean? There was there was big players everywhere on the field. Was it was it like that for yourself in college that you were really pitting it against the best? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It was that's that's it. Like, you know, you you either want to play well here or you're going to be here cost because the the bench is unbelievable. Like. So. That was that. That definitely brought me on. Like you know, like for a year or two, I could make the good team. You know, I wasn't really adjusting to it, or or wasn't. I just wasn't hurling well. And then maybe my last two or three years in college, then it was just it was it was brilliant. Like 
you know, we would have played, we had a great team, we would have got to a fifth given final, a first given final, we would have, we would have won leagues, we would have won, we won five leagues in a row, like Division 1, that, that had never won anything before. We would have played against the likes of Tony Kelly, Jason Ford, John McGrath, all these types of players, Ronan Marr, Aaron Galan, Key Lynch, like, I'm sure, you know, it was, it was deadly, like, it was gen- it was genuinely the best hurling life I probably ever played standard ways and just hurling ways, it was just all hurling, 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 like, there was no, there was no off the ball stuff. It was just everyone wanted to play hurling, like, and it was just, it was, it just was massive for me as, as developing, like. And, and in, the, in the college, who was, who was training you when you were there? Uh, Michael Dempsey and DJ Carey. And, and our trainers. And, you know, like, obviously DJ is probably the greatest hurler, like, I live in Goran, so I'm going to say DJ is the greatest hurler of all time. Um, and But, Mikey Dempsey is, is is well regarded as one of the greatest coaches in in, in hurling. What what was it like playing under the two boys? I know it was it was brilliant. Yeah, like obviously you said about DJ, like you know, he he's probably regarded as the best hurler of all time, and you know, and he's very good like one on ones and that. Like he tells you do this, what to improve on, and that. Like you know, and so that was brilliant. And Michael Dempsey, I, like Michael Dempsey, is he's just, he's just a brilliant man in general. Like he can't I can't see high enough of the man. Like and. He was just a very good trainer and motivator. Like, and we probably we wouldn't have won anything or or got to where we are with the college and standards where we are without them. Like, you know, they were just just brought us to new levels. Like, and I suppose they put belief in us. Like that, we we can play against these teams and we can play against these players and beat them and be as good as them. Like, and we did. Like, we were. And, and, and I don't want to be kind of pressing too hard on the on the Carlo IT side of things, but. There is it was something I was kind of looking at, you you know the the Carlow County team was pr- improving and becoming more competitive, almost in line with Carlow IT, you know rising at the same time. There was I know the whole Carlow rising thing was was something that was a a big market employee and a big thing that was being pushed along, but it was genuine that you could see Carlow IT becoming very competitive and and getting better and better and better. And at the same time, Carlow hurling, Carlow senior hurling, and and the Carlow County team were improving kind of incrementally as a result of that. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it all it all clicked at the one time, like the fairness with the Carlo hurling, like and the college hurling, like so that was great times. Like for myself and James, they would have been, you know, we were on the county team and the, on the college team. Like sure, we were going from county training, county matches, and then we we're going back to college training, county or the college matches, and then back to county, and we were just bouncing off each other. And, and so I was, I'm sure it did. It definitely did. Like it definitely brought us all on. Like definitely regards Carlo hurling, like definitely did. And so that that was a, such a was a positive time for us and it was great to look back on it hopefully back to them times now and there's Carlo Harlan like and your fitness levels themselves um, can I just kind of try and get your head to go back to that time like you're saying you were going to county hurling matches and then you're going back to play you know college training sessions just just take the college training programme first say like how many nights a week would there have been training with, with the college team Um, so probably th- See, there was more. There was a lot of matches on week on week, week in week on. So you're probably talking two trainings, but like most of the lads in the college were would have been playing county. Like, so the, the 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 management were very understanding that way. Like, like we might meet up for an hour, but might be talking for a lot of that, and then just poking and sharpening up. Like, no, we were never dog like. So that was great. Like, and I know different colleges might be different, but you know, there was a lot of communication there between the management, county management, and then the college management. And we just they looked after us, like, and that that well, well, I was better then as well in matches. You know, we were fresh going to matches, like we were never dog like, and 
So regards that way, like I just it was easy, very easy. Like you know, it was very easy to work it. We were just sharpening up a train, and that's all. Some some days they might tell you to talk out because you know just just look remind yourself you had a match. In other, I know in other counties that don't, that might happen. Like you might have to train. So no, regards that way, like it was it was great because we were just playing matches and we were winning matches and we were just we were kind of on our own. Like and so when you're like that, it's great. Like. Yeah, you you find your body's able to take an awful lot more when you're going from win to win to win, um, than than when you're going from loss to loss to loss. But yeah, um, but just 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 kind of to have a look at some of the people that you've played under in your time. Like you've you've done a bit with Colin Bonner, you've done a bit with DJ and and and, and Mikey Dempsey. You're with Tom Mullally there at the moment. Like, I'm sure every manager has contributed in some ways to to, to creating the Marty Cavanagh that we see on the pitch every week. Is there, you know, taking me back to some of the young underage coaches? Is there any coaches that you feel? Were, were were superb to you in in a period in your time development wise. Oh, um, well, like my underage and stuff. Like, there's Pat Muller was was to me in you know, underage. Like, I was under twelve, under fourteen. Like, you know, when my parents would be working or whatnot, and he he was my underage coach, and he would he always he would not let would not let me miss a train. He'd always take me, bring me. And like you always remember them things, like you know. And I know it's, it's a long time ago when you were young, but like that was huge. Like I never missed a train or match because because like that man used to always take me. Like so, he was huge. Um, definitely, he would he would he would probably be the main lad. Like and obviously, there's different people too. There's a lot of people that was involved, like in in in, in coaching us and that underage and stuff. And you know, it's, it's probably hard to pinpoint someone. But if I had to pinpoint anyone, it would be him because he was he was he was massive to me underage, like. No, a hundred. It's 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 not perfect. And I I think like they're they're the most important years. People don't think of these things when they're looking at somebody at twenty seven or twenty eight, but they do forget that the foundation and the brickwork is done at these ads at thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. This is where you develop a player and 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 learn the right attitude. So I think it's it, it's very nice that you do think back to, to to somebody that was pushing you at under twelves or under fourteens, but. Just on the, on the other side is, is 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 your own family life at home, you know where was the push push coming from home? Was there a, was there a mum with a sweeping brush bent in the back and had you to get out of bed and go training or what way was it like at home? Ah yeah, like so home was, well God, at home was like it was competitive out like you know like just, I'm I'm the youngest I was six you know three lads three girls and you know and 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 like my mommy and daddy always wanted us out like you know I'd go train and go train like and very good that way like and just the matter. You know, you have, you always hear of people with siblings. You know, it's just the matches out in the backyard, and they used to kill each other, like you know. And sure, that, that was the way it was the same in the captain in Cavan's house hall as well. You know, and that's, that was that, that that make that make you up too, like you know, you're, you're toughing you up as a young lad, look, and that you know, probably went into many more times and not crying, but like you're toughing you up, for Harry, you know, going forward and stuff, and that, that they're great memories and definitely helps, like it definitely helps you, like you know, because we were all we were all the three sisters as well. They're mad into the hall. Hurling as well, and to be at every matches, and cause obviously two brothers of mine they're still playing at the club and still going strong. So, so that was great. That was great, you know, a big family, you know. And as I said my father and my and the uncle and my father's brothers and 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 even mammy's side as well. Like they're hurling mad as well. Like and plenty of plenty of cousins as well there to be playing. And so we've we've a huge old cousin tree there with the family tree with the obviously a lot of lads with the Rangers team as well. Like and so we would have all met up here on. When we were very young as well, and so they're all hurling mad too. So you know, it's it's a big it's a big thing in in the our family. This was hurling, you know. And was it a case of when you were going visiting your cousins, you were bringing hurls with you? 
Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The boot will be the boot will be full of hurls, you know, and straight out to the garden then and see what happens <laughs> I, I was reading an article a couple of weeks ago with, with Tommy Welch and he said that whatever pitch they used to use when he visited certain cousins they had no lines but there was barbed wire around the outside of the field and that was used as the defining line and he said you learned how to mind yourself there he said if you were running down the line and there was a fella coming in to make contact you knew that it was barbed wire you were hitting if he got you <laughs> so he said he oh, learned Maybe it's something that you could look at doing at your old club train and slap up a bit of barbed wire at the end line and we'll see when lads move their feet a bit quicker. It seemed to work for Tommy, all right. Yeah, there's no, no doubt about it, Marty. But Marty, you know, in, 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 in 2017, you took a path that, you know, that lots of students do. You're probably flying at the prime of your career and hurling and the whole lot. And you made the, you made the choice to... Uh, head stateside and, and head out to America for a while where did that come about or, or, or what was the idea behind it or was it just a trip for fun yeah so well originally you know I've I seen phone calls about going out like over the years you know going back to probably 2014 or 2013 I guess when I started getting phone calls about what I went to it was obviously it was always in the back of my mind to go like I definitely will go eventually like in was it, then we won a few championships at club and I just never never got to go and in 2017 then we won the Christy Ring that year and we played Leith in the All-Ireland Qualifier on a Saturday I think it was a Saturday and if we won that I wasn't able to go because we were playing the following week and it was past the deadline in America but it turned out we lost that match with a pint and I had, the deadline was to be out that Thursday so I said I said I said if, if, look, if things don't work out I'm going to go so as, as it worked out then we lost and I was on a flight then Two days later to America, and yeah, so I went to went out to San Francisco then to play play hurling for the summer and loved it. Absolutely loved every minute of it. And kind of got a graph for it then and went back. <laughs> and when you were in San Francisco, um, you know who 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 was with you in the in the club team in San Francisco and and from home had you anybody living with you? You know any lads from Skiak or or, or or any of that area? You know in general, did you have any pals out there when you got there? Well, it actually worked out now that James James Lyon, my only clubmate, he actually came with me as well. He went to a different club in San Francisco because um, they were just would say all the all the visas were taken up for the club I was going to, so he had to go to another club. So he was out there. But obviously, he was, I wasn't living with him. I was living with uh, all my all the lads who were playing for the San Francisco or for Tipperary, and he was living with lads from the senior. So he was there. So that was it was great to have him there. You know. But other than that, like I didn't, I wouldn't have. Actually, there was a chap from Paws down there. Actually, Billy Helen, man, he was there. Um, but I wouldn't have known Billy. But obviously, got to know lads. But it was great, like you know, you're, you're living in a house there. Sixteen lads. Well, it's not. It wasn't great. The house, but as <laughs> regards to regards to cracking that thing. Like, you know, I still talk to lads this day, like so. Uh, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant, brilliant experience, and I, 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 I'd urge anyone to go do it because it's something you definitely remember forever. Like, and uh, like your your time out there for that summer, you went out and, and hurled for the summer. Did you know? I know I've seen it before with some players. Some players go out and work and hurl and, and work and play football, and other players go out and and, and just play football. Um, with yourself, were you working while you were there, or was it just all hurling? No, I, I worked. Yeah, I worked. Um, just worked labour. That's all. Yeah, so. So what would happen is the the manager, whoever brings you out, like to look after you that way. You know, he'd 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 be in contact with with 
with other other owner or other business owners and maybe three or four lines of the team will go to this lad and it's just, it's just, it's just work there and you could be doing she could be doing anything really um, so that was it yeah I worked for a few weeks you work for a few weeks when you have a bit of time off then we're not hurling matches out there you know you go travelling for a week down 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 the coast or or what not or, or, or head to head anywhere else like just do a bit of travelling so that was that was pretty much it like but you work for three or four weeks you take maybe a week off two weeks off you go travelling you come back you work another few weeks and then you go travelling again so that was all, it was always brilliant brilliant literally living the dream like yeah, literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> and then you came home after that, you were home for a little while, um, and you made the decision to go back out again. I did, yeah, and, and and like the county team was actually we actually we actually won the league. We won the league that that March. We bet West Mead in, in Port Leash and we got more to be in mind, like the county team was fine at like and sure it was being obviously what the, the, the lads wanted me to come he wanted me back out there again and you know, and the John Mac, that was the first year John Mac done started and obviously in the back of my mind, you know, like we have, we have there's a great chance of winning the joint on here but I I, I I made the call that I was going on and I, I, I just I told him Colin Bonner was all around and he was he was hundred percent about it, you know. He we he, he was giving the understanding and and then he said no problem at all, look and that was it and like I was, I was around there for the first two matches of John but I couldn't play it because I, if I played that matches, then I couldn't go play in San Francisco. I was actually there. I was on the line. I was in war. So, so anyway, worked out. Sure, I had a great summer, and obviously the boys had a great summer. So they won, and so obviously I would have loved to have been there. Obviously, I would love to have played it. I a medal, but I don't regret going because I had one. I had another brilliant summer, and I met friends for life, and I got to see a good bit of the world, and so. Look, it, it worked out great. It worked out well for both parties, I suppose, in the end. Yeah, no, and like it was one of the questions I was going to ask you, and you, you've answered it yourself. Is, is do you have any regrets on it? And I think it's, 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 it's wonderful to to hear you saying that you don't have actually any regrets. That you're delighted it worked out for both sets of people, the the Carlo people and yourself, that you both had great mm. summers. Um, but then you come back and like like it's fair to say, you know, 2019 was you know it was a marquee year for your own club. Um, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you year, yeah, sure. It was a great, it was a brilliant year in general with the county because we were up in the, the we were up playing Leinster Championship, you know, it was like all the way away in Salt Hill, packed. Then it was like Kenny and Carlo packed and, and played Dublin at home and Wexford away, and there were there were huge games, like just unbelievable, like just things I suppose you you, you only dream, you dreamt about like playing for, when you were playing just a few years ago and playing them matches like in. I suppose this ran on into the club then and obviously look we, we were lucky enough in the club like we were dead and buried in the semi final like we, got, we just about got over that and then had Rangers in the final then and there were 14 men after 15 minutes and we somehow got, got um, we somehow pulled it out of fire and uh, history then you know went on to great Lauren and Leinster and again it was unbelievable scenes and to, to never seen just the, the atmosphere in the club and just, it was unbelievable. Like, like anyone, you talk to any man now down to one of them, just talk about it. Like, and that's something that'll stay with you forever. Like, you know, great memory. There was a couple of things in that year that I want to try and, like, I had just started doing a bit with the radio, and I'd started to, to, you know, this is where I was really starting to get to see a lot of Carlo hurling and a lot of club hurling um, around the country. But there was, there was a couple of mad things happened that year. Like, I can't remember what the backstory was, but 
you'll obviously remember this and you might enlighten me a little bit better but the Ballon Killing game he were due to play Ballon Killing in a semi-final there was I can't remember was it some backlog of fixtures or something like that um, Ballon Killing then mm. basically didn't play in the semi-final they subsequently got thrown out of the championship so you were straight into a final if I've said it wrong stop me and then your club went to the county board and said no we'll play Ballon Killing in the semi-final next week say. and then you yeah. went out and played Ballon Killing and if I remember rightly, you were bet in the semi-final. You got a goal at the last minute to take the extra time. Last fuck of the ball, yeah. <laughs> like last fuck of the ball, I got a free, yeah. And like, and now this is a genuine question, and I'm not being a prick asking this. Like, but was there, like, if I manage a team, if I got told the team that's meant to play in the county semi-final aren't able to field the team next week, will you play them in two weeks? My answer would be no. Um, if, if they can't feel the team bring up their under 14s we'll play them I want to get the county final but I'm greedy and I'm not very much I'll do what I have to do to win what was the thought process behind St Mullins kind of agreeing to, to, to play that fixture yeah so Asher that was it was mad yeah that was it was a crazy two weeks but, so we didn't know either what we were going on we didn't know if we were playing for St final or final so you kind of did a decision with the players then it, kind of, it was up to us whether whether you want to balance Hill or not to back in the championship but like ultimately you want if you want to win a county final you want the right to win it and it didn't feel right um, not going to a semi going to a final without playing a final without playing a semi final so that was it and you know there was all that um, you know what if we, if we say we'll play at a match and then they beat us how, you know, we look like idiots like but that wasn't the you know that was a few people too you just hear that going around but like if you, as I always say, you have to earn the right to, to, to win these things, and we we had semi final, we had fixture and semi final to play, and we had to go over that, and then then we can then we can see if we can win a championship. And so that was that was all it was, and oh, it, it worked out in the end, Marty. And like for you yourself, I have to ask, with with two, with two minutes to go against Ballet Killing, were you thinking, oh shit? <laughs> I sure was thinking we're going to get fleeced. Yeah, <laughs> the players are going to get fleeced. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm thinking about going go on holiday for a month or something, get out here, because I want to get fleeced. But I should look, I suppose that's the, it's, you know, that's the, what would you call it? I suppose calm and fear, you know. We we got the, we got our bit of luck in the end and we got the goal and went on went on an unbelievable journey then, you know. And maybe if if, if we hadn't have played that ball and went to a final, we wouldn't have won a championship. Yeah, no, it's, it is. it is and like, like that whole run that year, like he beat... Ballon killing an extra time. The game against Mount Leinster Rangers was was pretty close. Um, you played the Leash team. It was the Leash team. It was. I think that was the semi final. Yeah. yeah, like or we played Kula. Sorry, Kula. Kula, in the Kula was in the quarters, and then it was Rathdowney in the semis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember the Rathdowney game because we covered it. Um, I, I hope I'm not crediting the wrong person, but I think it was James Doyle scored the most outrageous mm. point. Um, you did, yeah. It was the last puck of the game, really. Um, oh. I, if I remember yeah, right, he, he broke in two, and flicked it. That's right. Yeah, he got two savage points there. To, he got well. Yeah, he got two. We got five points in jet from play, and he got the last two scores. Two outrageous points there in, in injury time. You know. that last point, yeah, it was, it was something else. Like no one else could do it, and yeah. No, it was. It was the series. Oh no, Jesus! Like it was because I remember that day, and I just, I just, it's always that last score that sticks out to me because I'm thinking of the time on the clock. The importance of the game, and then just just what he did, the the, the the flick over the two defenders' heads, and then pulling it back. Oh, I could I could watch it all day. But then yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of it, it sets you up to play, you know, 
the Kingpins, Kilkenny Hurl and Ballyhale Shamrocks in, in a Leinster final. Um, like The whole build-up to that must have been just an absolutely unbelievable buzz for you. Ah, it was great. Yeah, it was, you know, like we, we was, the talk was was unbelievable, and so like we were, we were playing the best team in Ireland, and, and probably will go down as the best team, best club team, like ever played. And it was a great build up, and obviously there was there was um, different stuff going on in the pitch, and interviews, and people, different um, sports people wanted to come down and talk, and and it was you know, and sure, like you have to enjoy that too, like because. You know, we might never get back to that again. So, so we were just enjoyed it, and we said, "Look, we, you know, we were focused on the game, but just take it all in, and you know, and and, and we did, and like that, that was that was brilliant. That was a brilliant two weeks, and and obviously the game, the game didn't go to plan, but you know, we, I thought we, we I thought we hurled well in in the match, and we, we could hold our heads high, you know, walking out like so. so yeah, it was it was brilliant, and you kind of dream about getting back to there, and. So who knows? You might, you, you might get back there with a bit of luck, and we'll see what happens. You know? Yeah, no, no, and it was like I mean, it was it was a summer to end all, end all summers, and I mean, the game against Ballyhale Shamrocks, like as you say, you know, you, you're you're meeting probably the, the probably will go down as the greatest club hurling team of all time. That this specific group of players, like, and you're meeting them right in the peak of their powers um, as a juggernaut, and still had to mix it with them and rattle it with them. I did I did wonder, there was a couple of things I did wonder about. The, the week of that game, there was a huge amount of media interest in Mount in, in, in St. Mullins, sorry. Uh, there was a huge amount of media interest in your team. There was a lot of, you know, there was an awful lot of stuff. Like, is that a distraction for a player? Is that something that you just embrace and enjoy or is it something that you look back on and say, Jesus, you know, let us focus on the hurling and we'll do all that stuff after, you know? Yeah, I suppose it can work both ways, you know. Um, like it can it can be a distraction, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was for the, for that particular time for us anyway for for that team. I think we were just so focused in general, like and and I think that was that came, You could see that in the cooler matches and that down anyway. Like you know, we were focused on the job and and like you know, as I said, like that might that media attention that for that week, like down in the kitchen. That might never, might never get that chance again. Like so, it's important to enjoy it and, and, and embrace it and do it. Like and just, you know, do it for whatever, whatever time you had to do it. And then, you're, you're, then you're, you're back in, then you're back in game mind, then again, you know, and you're boxing again. So, it can, it can definitely be a distraction on, 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 on players, but for us, it didn't anyway. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's something that I've always. In my head, tried to try and balance out. I was lucky enough to be involved with a county team a number of years ago, and we got beaten in an All Ireland semi final, and I was pretty gutted for about still am actually <laughs> for about 12 years now I've been pretty gutted about it but I remember the manager saying to me afterwards what you've really missed is the f- the three week build up to the All-Ireland final um, the buzz that goes with that the media stuff and I said it to him is it a distraction and he said it's a distraction I'd never take away from a player because you don't get that many opportunities to have that and you, you should go out and live it and love it you know so um, it's, yeah. it's about no I definitely agree with you. definitely 100% yeah definitely and you know, I suppose kind of drifting away from the the, the club scene a little bit. I, I have to ask you, and you be honest with this now as well. And and like Mount Leinster Rangers had a good run in in Leinster a number of years ago. And and I often wonder, like when they got the Leinster final, are you there shouting them on, or are you thinking, Jesus Christ, don't let these win Leinster? <laughs> I know you would. Uh, no, I was in the stand. I was in the Park parking that match. And yeah, of course you, you will be shouting them on. Yeah, you'll be just like. You know, like obviously you wish it was your club. You know, you wish it was you that was there and doing it. You know, and, and winning Leinster and, and, that. and like we had opportunities to do that. So, 
know, we, we, got, we got to feel, we got, we got feel what they felt. But obviously, they went, they got to the Club Ireland final and they won Leinster. But you know, you get too far, then you want more. Like you know, but obviously, look, they, everyone's different. But me personally, you know, I was, I was in the stand and I was there. I was, I was, I was, I was shouting the boys on, like you know, because I'd be very close. I'd be best friends with a lot of them boys. So you'd like to obviously see them. Be, of course, of course, you'd be, you'd be envious of me, you'd be jealous of them, you know. But. So that's, that's normal, like you know. And and across the ranks in the club, would you say it was a fifty-fifty split, shouting them on and discreetly hoping they didn't win? Or look, hard to know. So probably, you probably, of course, you probably will. Have, you would have people, you know, that probably want to win. But that's normal too. Like you know, I'm sure when we were in the final, people didn't want us to win either. But. No. You know, like it's it's it's, it's it's it's. See, I think you're at a at a level where you're playing inter county and you've club mates and stuff. But I, you know, that are on the opposition teams that are playing and you 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 shout them on. But I know at home, like Gary Castle and Athlone, you know, my my club. There's no scenario where we shout for Athlone and vice versa. And the same in Kilkenny here with Blacks and Whites, Pods, and mm. Regna Mana. I'd say I'd say there's no scenario where any of these three clubs would shout for each other yeah. either. I think that they'd like to see relegations and, and, and trouble being brought on their clubs every day of the week but it's it's all fun and games and they all go to the pub afterwards I think a lot of it's just a bit of crack isn't it? No that's it yeah absolutely I mean that is that's in every I suppose I think I think I don't know I think it's not I don't think it's bad now as it was maybe 20 years ago like you know 15 years ago I think it's it's not as, as far as raw as it was like but, you know it's it, you know that time, like, because they hated each other, like, you know, hated each other. That's what hated each other. Well, I think that's a melon now a little bit, like, it's just it's it's it's, it's sport at the end of the day. It's a game. It's, it's a game of hurling. You know, you want to win the match. Well, that's it should end then, like, you know. There's no need to bring anything, anything in outside of the, outside of the pitch. Like, obviously, you want to win when you're there, and you do anything, you do everything in your power to win. You do what you have to do. But after that, then it should just it should stay there. You know, stay that's there the way I always was about. You know, that's the way I always was. And, I I I don't I, I'm not, I wouldn't be sour over anything like that. Don't you know, the game is fourth and that's it. Just leave it there, you know. Yeah, no, and it's like I think I think nowadays as well with the kids going to school together, secondary schools, the likes of Burris and even in Kilkenny, they're all going to school together, they're playing school, it's hurling together, and I've seen it myself actually. My club played a big rival there a couple of weeks ago, and I could see some of our players after the match over shaking hands or fist pumping. The opposition lads and standing chatting in the middle of the field and having a great chat with each other, which is something that I wouldn't have seen maybe six or seven years ago. Even yeah. where you know the match had ended and you'd walk the opposite sides of the field and you'd nearly get a barrier of supporters to keep them away from each other for an extra half an hour to cool down. But yeah. um, I just want to take you away before I let you finish up. Like you know, your your summer now is at the moment we're watching we're watching some some big hurling games. <clears throat> like last weekend. You had the Kilkenny Dublin match, but the game I want to just talk to you a little bit about was the the, the Tipperary Limerick game. Um, for you as as a hurling man and and and, a, and obviously a big fan of hurling too, you know Tipperary's first half performance. What did you make of that? And then Limerick's second half performance. What did you make of that? And can you see why there was such a capitulation from Tipperary? Yes, oh, God, I've watched the match for two It's just an unbelievable game. Like Tipperary two sixteen in the first half against Limerick. Like you know it was. It was an, um, an unbelievable first half showing. I think Limerick, just, I think Limerick were Limerick were similar to Tip in the, in, as Tip were in the second half. But well, Limerick just did a little, did a little bit more. You know, they kept they kept there. They, they got their full points. You know, I think they, they turned they, they were at half time eleven or twelve points. I think, I think Tip were four points, five points, one four, one five. Um, but. Yeah, I, I, I said I remember my half team match. I said I said the Limerick guarantee you this game will 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 go to the last whistle. The Limerick 
Limerick will come out here now and they'll they'll, they'll be right back in this game and they were like you just kind of knew it, you kind of knew they were going to do that like but um, the Limerick second half of Armour so that was scary really it was scary and them in that heat and them conditions like geez they're running and they're just an unbelievable they're, 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 they're probably God, they're some team, aren't they? Like they're probably the best team. Well, it's probably not. Well, they do a lot more now to get to the best team as that any team back a couple of years ago. But I tell you, they're not far off it. I tell you now, they're just serious, serious outfit, and they take stopping now again. They will. Like I, I watched the game live, and and like yourself at half time. I was saying, you know, there's no way there's not going to be a kick out of Limerick here. Like, this is, you know, it couldn't happen. You know, Limerick are too good to let a team do this to them. But then in the second half, like, you know, I just wonder is, just with Tipperary, we leave Limerick aside and we, we can, you know, we give them all the glory they deserve and, and, and point out how brilliant they were. But I'll just take you on a couple of them. Kyle Hayes' goal, right? It was a fabulous goal. But, like, you have to ask. Where the hell were the defenders? Like, why didn't somebody hit him? And I'm not saying about cynical fouling, but just get close to him. Like, it's he ran from his own wing back position. Like, it was unforgivable defending um, to concede that goal. And then the other thing as well is the the, the, the Tipperary management team. Liam Sheedy's a brilliant manager, but because he's there and he's there a couple of years and he's built loyalty and relationships with players, there was a lot of Tipperary players I thought looked extremely leggy early in the second half that he kind of persisted with when you'd be thinking there must be lads on the line that could add something to this here yeah I think I think I, I agree yeah I think one thing with Tipperary like they're clinging on not they're clinging on like the, the likes of Holly Marr and these guys they're unbelievable hurlers like and you know you, you want them in your team every day but in that weather and that like like tip one and all under 20 there two two years ago like there's a lot of young lads there on the bench like I think he should be starting he should try to be them in like and especially in that yes, he probably should have that's probably one of the downfalls in the second half from from Tipperary. He should have put the young lads in, like you know, and um, could they lost their shape completely in the second half. They got dragged all over the place, and they just weren't able to keep up with with them. Like. And that's definitely was one one of the factors why they were, they were back. Like as I said, Kyle Hayes' goal, like he put the ball up in his own sixty-five nearly, and I think he placed that one lad, and that was it. He ran them straight through, like so. It was it is unforgivable now. Definitely unforgivable defending and. Strange one that like there was maybe two backs I think then but obviously they had their own men in, in the full fire line so they didn't know what was going on obviously it's a mystery but I think that's definitely one of the factors I think they need to start bleeding in a few young lads because oh, that's probably exceptional hurlers like but I suppose they're just clinging on not clinging as I said they're not clinging on the way they're still savage hurlers but in that conditions you know you're going to be tired your legs are going to be fatigued so definitely should have swapped them in and out like yeah, yeah no it's, it's just it, like and it's interesting when you say it about they were dragged all over the field because when I seen the goal in live real time I thought that's a great goal but then instantly my mind went to and I actually you know you're right in what you're saying now I can thinking back he actually did only have to sidestep one player so like if I get you to go down to any club match in Ireland tomorrow if there's a hurling club match on and I give you a ball on the 65 and I tell you to run from A to B and only have to sidestep one player if I told you that was going to happen, you'd laugh at me. You'd say, Eddie, it's not possible. Yeah. There's, you know, there's going to be at least, yeah. you know, and is that down to the movement of the Limerick forwards that the, the tip lads dragged spinning, basically? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think the Limerick, Limerick half-forward line came out, like, you know, they came out for the sharp ball. They're brilliant at the sharp passing and the hand passing, the pop passing and running off the shoulder stuff. And the tip half-back line got sucked into that and where they should have they stepped back and they should have caught 
where it should have happened at six, Havoc they should have stayed back. The fielders should have came back. How far they should have came back. They should have kept the shape in the backs. Because if they if they had to if they had to do keep their shape, you know, and 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 kind of go out the goal straight for Limerick, they probably would have won the match. You know, they would have got done enough because they had the two sixteen the first half had enough nearly score not enough score but you add another 10 points that and quote the Limerick goal set it would have won the match like so I think they learned a lot from it like I still think Tip I wouldn't be surprised if Tip won that Ireland I think he's have a huge say yeah, in the championship so we'll, we'll look forward to finding out now next week how it was and the Kenny Dublin game on, on Saturday night I went up I went up to Crow Park for that I you know, I I'd be looking at games a little bit differently than most people. I I I thought I thought Kilkenny were very good. I thought they just just swatted Dublin away. I know that sounds terrible, but genuinely, I think they were on a hiding to nothing. And I said this to a few of the players I interviewed after. It's they were on a bit of a hiding to nothing. If you go up and win by twenty five points, people say, "Oh, well, that's expected." If you go up and win by a point, you're a joke. And if you lose, there's war in Kilkenny over getting beaten by Dublin. But I thought they were very professional. That that never gave Dublin a sniff, really. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely they are, they are, and like you expect nothing else anyway from Kenny because they just they have that attitude and work for it every year. Well, what happens like the next year is the exact same. They work as hard for each other, and it's brilliant. Like it, they're a great team to watch and, and kind of work off them as well. Like, but like, they got Dublin got plenty of it like for for a lot of that match, and as you said, Kenny just stayed there and tipped away, worked hard and. And eventually they just they to, they warm down and they got the score then in the maybe the last fifty minutes to I suppose to make the, sc- the score line a bit prettier but it was it was a lot closer than that like then it's Dublin you know they threw everything at them and was just again they were just that bit better and they worked that hard and and they're finishing as well you know they're I thought they were very good you know they, they keep surprising me anyway with the players like and just new lads coming in and just not it's just they're just a serious serious team and again the Another team that that could easily win another, and then looking forward to seeing how they get on. Yeah, I, I thought it was very interesting. I heard I heard a reporter asking Brian Cody, and now I did. I, I nearly crashed the car laughing. Um, the reporter said, uh, "You're you're almost coming in under the radar," and I said to myself. Kilkenny coming in under the radar. Yeah. I don't know what county team faces Kilkenny and says these might be ordinary enough. Like, but yeah. is there an awful? Have you noticed that are Kilkenny like this year? You know, the the, the expectation in Kilkenny is for them to win in All Ireland. Like that. Don't don't be under any illusions. The people Kilkenny want them to win in All Ireland and think they're good enough and think they will win the All Ireland. But yeah, the rest of the country seem to think Kilkenny aren't in that top three or four at the moment. Yeah, no, they definitely are. Like, I'd be, I just, they're just, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's a hard one. Like, I suppose at the moment it's very close. Like, the, the, the teams are, you know, anyone could really be anyone on any given day. Like, like in a small thing, Kenny would lost Leinster semi final. Like, they would have had player in a, in a qualifier there. So, it's, it's, it's small margins. Like, but no, I, I'd put, I'd definitely rank him in top three or four. Absolutely, absolutely, I would. Like, they're just, they're still work great and. You know, like they're still, they're still, they're definitely all in contenders, like a hundred percent. And you've got two semi-finalists now. You've got Limerick on one side, and you've got Kenny on the other side. Just asking you to look into the mouse having a crystal ball there and tell me who do, who you expect the other two semi-finalists to be to come up and face them. I think Tip will play Kenny, and I think Galway will play Limerick. And then you're all in final. <laughs> Tip Limerick Jesus Christ Mark. I, you just have decided that you don't I, this will go out now and you'll just be barred out with Kilkenny like, I mean, 
Uh, but I think Cork now. I know Cork as well now. Cork will. Cork will big say too. We go get matched now, Clare Cork tomorrow. It'll be a great match, but I think there's something in Cork too. I know they're they're probably known for just not getting a job done now lately, or just kind of being a bit of bottle job. But I don't know. I think if they can get over tomorrow, I think they, they, they could have a say too. But it's great, like it's brilliant. The matches are brilliant, and they're week on week on now as well. And like the other side of it too. Like Limerick and Kilkenny are in the same final in Bank or the week or two weeks. Is it? Yeah, three weeks now. That weekend. Yeah. So whoever meets them will have to play in two weeks. Like say, like the player, like a player win this week and next week, like they're playing four weeks in a row already, which is I know it can work both ways too. But when you get to Cole Park against like Kilkenny and Limerick, you need to be you need to be hundred percent like, and you have to think it's going to take a toll on somewhere. But you know, but that's the other side of it too. But then the other side of it as well, we are winning matches and your momentum going into the match. And you've seen that before too. Teams who win their provincial championship get caught in the semi final because they hadn't played in a few weeks. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll soon find out. Yeah, yeah and I think this weekend will give us a bit of an eye opener too because, you know, you'll have Waterford and Clare going out for the, you know, they've had, they'll be going into kind of two weeks in a row, week on week. And we'll see how, like, you know, Waterford, I think, will be up against it against Galway. And then you've got Clare. Um, facing into Cork and Cork and Galway will be going in fresh so it'll be interesting to see but I mean for Waterford or Clare to win in All-Ireland now it's going to they'd need a huge panel and they'd need they'd need an awful lot of luck as well because players are going to get injured players are going to get tired week in, and I know you're right in what you're saying Mouse, that momentum is brilliant but at the end of the day they're not robots and I think Kilkenny no. and Limerick are in a great position they're sitting back now with the cigars and pina coladas this Saturday watching the game <laughs> and hoping for big hits and contacts you know it's it's they're in the position everybody else would like to be oh absolutely yeah yeah no definitely they're, they're definitely like they can train out for two weeks and you know and, and, and fine showing then for, for an all semi final in in, um, in Crow Park and, and like you don't know what's going to happen in these matches this again next game you know, as you said lads more likely will get injured you know, it's Glasgow get sent off, Jerry Cards, and these are all factors. Like, whereas that's not going to, that's not a problem for Limerick or Kenny. You know, they're they're sitting there nicely, and they know, like, they know they're going to be playing a savage team in the same final. But they also know whoever they're playing is going to have to play two or three savage competitive matches week on week on there. So, yeah, look, it's, it can go either way. And look, I said we'll, we'll find out now. We're looking forward to the match tomorrow. You no, know, Waterford could do it. Waterford could do at least like, their team they could do anything like two. You know, they could storm into Galway or Galway could be every 10 points so we'll see No, it's, it's, they're two intriguing games to look forward to the very last thing I want to touch on before I let you go uh, Mouse is just you know it, you know, it's a results driven business and, and, and both the Carlow football team and the Carlow hurling team you know 2021 it'll, it'll go down as a very disappointing year um, you yeah. know you would have you would have both, both sets of uh, players and, and supporters and management and everything would have set much bigger targets for the season Um you know, what way do you go now? Like, the, like the season's over. Did you have a chat afterwards? Did you have a bit of a meeting? And, and and what way do we go towards next season? Like, what's 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 the targets? When does things start moving again? Or, or is there any thoughts even been given to that yet? Yeah, no. I, you know, I, I, I know that what we were talking to the talking to the management and like, you know, there's, there's already planning for next year. Like, you know, and they'll they'll watch the club matches now and pick a panel and. I suppose the big thing for Carlo Hurling is getting getting players in, you know. Like, you know, there's savage talent in Carlo, and I'd say this year panel was it was good. But obviously we got hit with injuries, you know. Two wheelings there for Ballinkillen, 
were injured, you know, Eddie Burns only came back late, stuff like that. And, at, and even at that, there was probably definitely 10 or 12 colours that wasn't in, wasn't in the squad who were good enough to be star in the Coward team that weren't in, even in. So that's a huge thing anyway, getting everyone in. And then hopefully the COVID stays away. And, and after club then we can, you know, we can get a good pre-season behind us. And I think that's another big thing, you know. We probably got two weeks trained before the first league game. And then we had we had eight games in an 11-week period there where you can't really train hard. It was down to players to train themselves, obviously, with COVID and all. But, you know, it's different when you're all together training hard. It's, it's just different. It's hard on your own. And that's a big thing. But I, I, regards looking into the, next year I think you know it's, there's a huge potential there to, to win a league and win a jump I don't know because that's what we're going to that's what we're, our ambitions are and they're not enlisting that thing so absolutely I guess the plan for next year and hopefully we can do that and hopefully you know we can get a bit of luck and get players in and everyone stays free and we can give them a shot yeah well Marty on that note I have to say thanks so much for for having the chat with me today. It's it, it's brilliant to to get an opportunity to have a talk with a with a player of your standard. Obviously, everybody here in in KCLR and everybody on the Clash Act really wish you the very best for your prognosis next week in in Santry. Hopefully, we will get to see you um, on the hurling field with the club this season. It'll be brilliant to get to see you out on the pitch. And and either way, you know we really look forward to seeing you back out in the field for Carlo over the next you know, six to eight months or whenever it is before we start hurling again. But from myself and, and all the team in Clash Act, uh, thanks a million for taking the call this morning. Thanks a million. I appreciate that. Thanks, lads. And that is, of course, uh, the, the brilliant Marty Mouse Kavanagh of Carlow Hurling uh, taking my call this morning for the Clash Act. I look forward to speaking to you all again next week where I'll be joined by another hurling superstar. Thanks a million. Hello, Martin here from Morrissey Motors Peugeot Kilkenny. We have the full range of environmentally friendly award-winning vehicles in petrol, diesel, hybrid and electric. Our 208, 3008 and 508 have all won Car of the Year. Our 5008 seven-seater has won SUV of the Year. And not forgetting Ireland's best-selling commercial, the award-winning partner van. That's five in a row, Martin. It is, Brian. That's impressive. Contact the lads in Morrissey Motors, Waterford Old Kilkenny today.